The Whiskey Culture Podcast is brought to you by Granddaddy Mims Distilling Company, making historic Tennessee moonshine in beautiful Blairsville, Georgia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Culture Podcast, your wide window into the world of whiskey. I'm Greg, and we have our regular contributor, Chris, here with us as well. Say hey, Chris. Hello, everybody. All right, and we are here with Joe and Trip from Barrel. Uh, dude, we are very, very, very excited to have you all on. I have actually quite a, a number of barrel, of, uh, you know, barrel bourbon uh, bottles here. Try saying that three times fast. Barrel bourbon bottles. I have uh, a quite a number of barrel bourbon bottles here. And uh, I'm actually really excited to have you all on and learn a bit more about the history. Uh, how are you all doing today? Great. By the way, your barrel bourbon bottles on your back bar? <laughs> oh, no. They are on my back bar. I do have barrel bourbon bottles on my back bar. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. <laughs> of course. So... Um, one of the things that I, I want to start with is just tell us a little bit about the, the very beginning. I know that that's, there's, there's been a huge gulf of, of happenings, uh, for you all between the beginning and now, but let's reach back in time and kind of look at, at what that originally, what it was, what got you guys into wanting to pursue this avenue. You know, it was a long time ago. It was next year will be <laughs> 10 years. And uh, it's, it's really it's it's really something, you know, um, just uh, I was I had this moment um, last week when we we're we're building we're we're we, we've outgrown this facility. So we bought another one last year and then we've been renovating it and making it. It's it's a purpose design functional building. And I was standing in there just looking at it going, I, this is amazing. Ten years ago, it, I was in my bedroom on a little table looking out the window, starting this concept. And, and here we are. It's, it's, it has been, it's gone by in a blink of an eye, and it's been pretty amazing since then. But I guess we can fill you in on a few things uh, since then. So, yeah, I mean, what what made you want to get into whiskey? I mean, Barrel barrel is a uh, – the reputation is built, you know, very steadily over time. And, and most – I mean, whenever I see Barrel or whenever anybody else sees Barrel, they know what it is. There's bottle recognition there, but um, which is incredible. But going all the way back, what made you want to get into that? What made you want to start, you know, what, what made you want to get into whiskey? Um, so uh, I had a I had a whole other career uh, in my life, and um, uh, I started an ad agency early on, and a digital marketing agency, and uh, did a lot of um, pretty forward web app and development uh, work in the digital space. And along the way, I always had a spirits vertical. Um, I had a um, I had, we had a lot of clients, uh, worked with Glenmore Distilleries in Louisville. I worked with Hubline, UV, UDV, and Diageo. Um, and so it's always been part of a, a, a vertical that I've had along the way. I made beer my whole life. And um, 
10, well, that would be 11 years ago. Um, I was really looking to do something different. And, and this, I told this is a true story. My wife and I were at a distillery and I thought, why don't we do this? Uh, this looks like a fun thing. I know a little bit about this. And so let's build a distillery. And uh, it took about a week to figure out that that was not what we wanted to do. It was definitely um, wanted to play. It wanted to, wanted to work in this in this uh, space, but not as a distillery. So then it was really figuring out what how we want to position ourselves. What we wanted to do, and and it really came down to uh, I was inspired greatly by the great uh, blenders of Scotland and. Love the whiskey business. Love whiskey. Um, tasted whiskey out of a barrel, without uh, you know at full strength, and just said it all came together. And so the the company we started wanted was barrel craft spirits, and we did unique batches of different products, uh, all at cast strength and all intentionally different. And it was to create this. And, and do it as transparently as we possibly could. We made we were very clear that we were an NDP, and um, and um, and you know disclose as much as we can on our products. And the focus was to just build a brand that was made up of great tasting products. Okay, stop talking. Trip, say something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was so, it was too much to get across in one sort of sound bite. There, go ahead. So I've been. Uh... I've been lucky to be in this industry now for almost 20 years. Uh, I was recruited out of college by Brown Foreman and uh, worked in various various roles in R&D uh, for Brown Foreman, working for some of the larger corporate distilleries and uh, focusing on you know, yeast and uh, fermentation, distillation, distillery sciences, and how to how to efficiently create well-made spirits that would then go into barrels and look at maturation over time um, and and you know make sure all of those all of those different steps were taken on the front side uh, of the business and <clears throat> sort of I guess it was almost nine nine or ten years after working in in that space in different distilleries and uh, I noticed this this craft movement was happening and lots of people wanted to get into the distillation space. Uh, they wanted to build these big brick and mortar facilities that created their own spirit. And, you know, one thing I wanted to do was be able to help leverage my expertise and my experience to help these people to uh, really understand what they're getting themselves into. You know what the, the the real scenario of what it looks like to not only build a distillery but to operate a distillery on a day to day business. Uh, you know, there's there's so much more that goes into any of this than anybody really realizes until you start doing it. Uh, so, you know, help some folks along the way to build operational facilities as well as begin building brands. And one of the things I tried to do in painting this, this realistic picture of distillery build and distillery operation was that it's not necessarily the, 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 the best first step to take in this business. Because you, know, you, can, you, you can actually buy barrels as a, as a commodity and put blends together and create a brand. 
And so this was the message that I tried to get across to so many of the folks I was working with early on in my career. So, you know, fast forward through some of those years and in about 2014, uh, I was working on another distillery here in Kentucky and we were doing some contract bottling for Joe. And Joe and I really started talking about, um, you know, create, creating and building a brand and building a distillery. And you, you just heard him say that it took him about a week to realize that building a distillery was not necessarily the step he, he was ready to take in this process. And he was the only person that ever told me that. So clearly he had already done the research and realized that the, the factory was not necessarily the direction we wanted to go. It was more about uh, putting the blends together, creating the brand and everything that goes into the bottle. And then at some point along the way, the, the, the growth of the brand, then it, 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 it dictates when to decide or not to decide to build or not to build the distillery or the larger facilities in order to support the growth of the brand as we move forward. So we've, um, we, we did a lot of that early on and, um, we continue to do it today. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, um, one, I think one of the most fun things about what we do is we have the, we have the freedom to innovate and it's really, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, Every day is new. Every day is different. I mean, you saw our whiteboard over there. We, we whiteboard out concepts constantly. We're trying new things and we have the, we have the luxury of never producing the same thing twice. And, and it's really, it's really liberating. I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's challenging. I mean, if you think about what we do, anytime we do a batch release or a new product or a private barrel finish or an evergreen there, it's, we're starting with a blank slate. And we have a process that we use and, you know, we, we've, we've led the way in blending innovation and, uh, and continue to plan to do so for as far as we can see into the future. So it sounds like there was a lot of intentionality in the beginning. So it's, you know, there, I, I see a lot of, of these stories where somebody's like, yeah, I just saw it. I decided to go for it. We, you know, we won it. We just decided that we were going to produce our own stuff. And, and they just kind of, it, it seems like, like things just kind of happen. It seems like this one, there was a lot of, of forethought and a lot of intentionality between the beginning and, and getting to where you all are now. Like there was a lot of understanding of, of what exactly is the picture that we're trying to build here? What exactly are the pieces that we're going to need to put into place and and how exactly are we going to get there? And it seems less like things just happened to you all at the beginning and, and that there was more of an intentional picture there where you guys kind of constructed what you wanted ahead of time. Greg, I love that you use the word intent. I use that word all the time because it's, it's, it's a question that we get asked a lot, which is as we're blending or developing anything, was it luck or, you know, how does, how does it work? And, and everything we do is, is through intent. And it is from the beginning. It was it was a clear vision of what we wanted to do, understanding what we wanted to achieve, and there was intent in the way that we intent in how we blend and what we blend. So everything that we do, and we we talk about. I talked earlier about whiteboarding things. 
we whiteboard concepts, but once we once we decided on something, it, it is with that in mind that we go out and pursue and make a blend. And that sounds abstract, but so maybe just a little bit of flesh on that. Um, our process is uh, is one that, um, and a, t a prototypical process would be, we think about what it is that we want to achieve with a particular batch. And that is everything from what kind of notes do we like? Um, how we differentiate it from one of the last couple? Um, what flavor profile we're looking for? What kind of finish, what kind of nose? So we think about those. And so Trip, Nick and I, or the blending team, and we're familiar enough with, with, our, with our barrel inventory to know what barrels have what characteristics and how some of those might play together. So then we, then we sample barrels. Um, we begin sampling. It's a, it's, it's a long, as you can see behind us, this, this, yeah. is, a fraction, <laughs> this is a fraction of, of the, of the bottles of, that we're sampling, of the barrels we're sampling. So we'll do, we'll taste barrels. We make notes on them. We'll then put together like micro blends, small blends of, of barrels that sort of go together in a certain way. And then, then, then iterate this process down to, um, down to a handful of different micro blends that we're going to then blend in the final blend in the lab to come up with what we think the product should be. So, so we then end up with a lab blend. So you can say that fast too, lab blend uh, of, of what we want to achieve. And then we have to take that lab blend and we know what barrels that's comprised of and then go out into the other room where our tanks are and then begin dumping barrels. And we step our way up to a final product by dumping barrels and tasting and adjusting. And so it's a long explanation, but, but the final note on it is we're in a, if we're blending 6,000 gallons, for example, um, which is you know, roughly 5,000 uh, six packs, um, we will be making adjustments at the half gallon to a gallon level of contribution on the final blends. So really? it's really, there's intent and precision in what we do. And that's why we've been able to um, deliver, you know, what we think are really outstanding products each time we go out there. I love the, the use of precision there. I love that that you guys are taking these big batches and, and, and really micro tuning them. I mean, it, it seems like you, you've really thought through exactly. I, I mean, again, like we talked about intentionality, I know that that, that was kind of what spurred this, this conversation here, but, um, mm. or this thread, but it, it seems like, again, there, there's that level of purpose behind everything that you do that really just kind of has the end in mind. Like this is, the profile we're trying to create, this is what we're trying to do and, and really fine tuning it down to that level. It really shows the dedication to quality that you guys have, the dedication to the, the vision, if you will, of, of what you're really trying to create. Thank you. I, I, that was a good way of saying it in a uh, hundred words rather than 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's important too to note that you know, as we as we build this flavor matrix, as as we talk about it, uh, we we build this flavor matrix in the lab, and we end up with this lab blend that is, you know, this this culmination of all these different samples that we put together, and we have this this sample that is, it's it's the 
it's the the aha moment. It's like this is our target. This is where we're going. But we also understand that even though we pulled samples from different barrels and different barrel groupings and lots and so on and so forth, we made all these micro blends to build this flavor matrix. We also understand that all of the barrels out there are going to be a little bit different than the ones that we've used, than the, than the group of barrels that we've used to create the lab blend. So in, in knowing that and approaching the scale up process of our blending, we're tasting at each step. So each time we're putting these different barrels in there in, in small amounts, we're allowing those barrels to mingle and pull samples and taste and compare that to the lab blend and answer questions that we have about what's going on in the sample. And the, the, the blend really dictates to us what it's missing. So we have conversations in the lab as we're tasting these samples about the interactions of the things that are in there, the flavor compounds that are in there, but we also talk about what's not in there and do we want it in there and where do we go to find that? Do we have these barrels? Do we have a, a smaller micro blend that we've put together previously that's left over from something else that we can leverage for its flavor components? So all of these conversations and sampling are happening at multiple levels within this blending process as we take everything from a Glencairn glass to a 6,000 gallon blending tank. So speaking of, of taking things from the Glencairn or the all the way from the uh, Glen Karen glass to the whole batch. We have your most recent, well, I, I believe this is one of the most recent, the batch 33 is that you all sent us to try out. And uh, so let's take it from the giant batch all the way down to a Glen Karen glass and give it a, give it a little try here. So is there anything you want to tell us about batch 33? So, okay. So batch 33 is a blend of five, six, seven, and I believe there's some nine year old product in there as well. And, uh, Tennessee, uh, the uh, states of distillation are Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky. And this is at about 116 proof. Uh, so the, these barrels that were selected, there were different groupings of high rye barrels. And then we had a different, uh, a separate set of uh, grouping of some higher corn barrels. So we've got our uh, spiciness that's going to range from the bold in your face spice to just the nuanced spice, all sort of set aside in the, in the high rye group. And then we have the high corn group, which is going to be the, the sweeter, softer corn forward flavors. And this, this process is like we talked about, the, the build, building the matrix, where we take these different samples and sort of weave them together into uh, a base flavor profile, where there's a little bit of the spice and a little bit of the, the corn and the sweetness, and sort of layer those things together to create the complexity that we ended up with. I, I've got to say, I, I definitely get what you're talking about when it, it just on the nose, I I mean, that matrix that you're talking about, I get the backbone from that high rye. I get the sweetness from the corn. There's almost like a little bit of an herbal or a medicinal note to it. That that really, I love that because it screams to me old fashioned, you know, like an old fashioned whiskey, just a, a good old fashioned bourbon. Chris, what are you getting? 
Yeah, I'm getting uh, it's, it's I'm trying to pinpoint. It. It's almost it's not really baking spice. It's a it's almost like a, a cinnamon, like a, a mild cinnamon. You know what it reminds me of is is uh, like a little spicier version of like snickerdoodle spice. <laughs> okay. Some of the things that you know we noticed were like it's macadamia nut. Um, the 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 herbal one, I think, I get peppermint, a lot of peppermint in this. Yeah, which is yeah, absolutely like, sort of unusual in this. Uh, I think for this, you know, the, the, when we blend, um, uh, things Trip was mentioning is we're we we age state the product uh, the way we need to, which is the youngest. Uh, barrel in there, but we're happy to add whatever it is that we need to add to make the blend optimized. It can be um, it can be five, nine, ten, whatever whatever we think is right. So we're we're okay using our you know barrel inventory um, of older barrels to yeah. enhance the flavor because it's it's all about the product for us. It, it, it you know the other things are just the, those the badges aren't necessary or aren't why we do it it's, it's to get to that product that really makes that really elevates and one of the things with that we really work toward on the batches is these nuanced layers of of flavor um and there's a complexity that again is by intent that we want you to spend time with c and as the, as the whiskey evolves in the glass and on your palate you'll get different things you'll change you'll taste different things but like like Cocoa to me, this has got a nice, but not chocolate. Cocoa, Cocoa. yeah. <laughs> yeah, mineralogy to it too. That's yeah. really nice. It's very balanced on the palate. I mean, that is that is fancy. You don't get it's not overly spicy. It's not overly sweet. Uh, you're getting a little bit of get a little bit of all that. Um, getting a little cherry on the palate. I don't, I don't know if I'm. Yeah, you definitely get those. Fruit. You get the dried fruit notes in it. Also, one thing I wanted to point out because we're gonna hopefully we can get to try some Vantage after. Oh, for sure. I want you to note the way that um, that is a different effect on your palate on the back of your palate than this does. So where this one is fairly balanced through the beginning, middle, end of that journey, um, the Vantage will, will be a, will be a contrast to that and, and just. Just make a note of that later and see. Come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean this one? Yeah. We spend <laughs> we spend uh, a lot of time <laughs> here doing this. Uh, I mean, it's good. Well, let's let's go ahead and try on the Vantage. Try on, try on, like there's try it like on. it's a pair try of sneakers. You didn't drink that much. No. So this is Vantage is um, our newest. So this is this is our newest release. This will sit alongside Seagrass, Dovetail, Armida, and Vantage. We hope, um, but that's the intent of this. Um, I am a huge Seagrass fan, by the way. I I love Seagrass. Thank you. So, dovetail, Dovetail for me. Dovetail is great. We, and we love we love we love making them working them and maybe we can talk a little bit about those how we get to those blends but so with with vantage 
this has been a a project that we started about three years ago. Um, we started with um, it was right at the beginning when people were starting to use toasted barrels as a maturation component, um, and by and large, yeah, we were we, we all felt that it was a little bit there was a little too much. It was too much in there. It was too much wood, too much, too acidic, too much, too, too much. Um, so we, we really wanted to pull that apart. And we did that by, did a pretty complex matrix of different wood, different age, dry wood, um, different from different regions. Um, uh, and did and put had a lot of barrels constructed, toasted barrels with different toast levels, and then put a lot of whiskey in those barrels different age whiskey, different states, different mash bills. And then just, just, just started playing with it, just to understand what the flavors are like, what, and what you get out of it. And so that started about three years ago. And then the last year, again, we spent a lot of time here. Um, the last year was <laughs> blending, um, <laughs> was blending the, the actual vantage blend. And so that, what we want to do is, so when I was, when I mentioned the other products, it's because those are all three, those are all whiskeys or rums or bourbons um, that are finished using three different barrel components, um, three different finishes. Um, and and those, that seems to work well. And so we wanted to try that with, with uh, using a toasted barrel and for further maturing the whiskey. So it's a combination of Misenara barrels, the French oak barrels that we had made, and um, our toasted barrel experiment. So it was, and each one of those has different contributions, different flavors, different profiles. Um, and, and this is a blend of, um, of, of balancing all of those together to get to a place where I think that, it, that our, our philosophy is to, to elevate the bourbon, the underlying spirit with whatever finish we're using so it's not over, overwhelmed or overpowered. That's, well, that's, I'll start off with the nose and the nose is incredible i'm getting yeah. I don't know, greg if you're getting peach but it's like peach is like hitting me in the face and it's great yeah almost like a almost like a cobbler or like a streusel like it's a desserty peach with like yeah. cinnamon spice to it but i mean i this nose is just i i don't i don't think i've ever used this word ever when describing a whiskey but it's like it's intoxicating like <laughs> I, I, I've never, I know, I know it's a weird, I've never, I've never said that before, but it's like the first thing that I like, it's just such a, a very balanced, nice nose. And it's like, you just, you just want to keep nosing the whiskey. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, that this is one of those whiskeys that you, I sit with and we also for a long time. And this especially changes in the glass. If you leave this out, come back to it an hour later, it's going to be, it's going to be nicely evolved and elevated. I think oh, part well. of that is you're not getting the, any ethanol, any heat. If and usually anything over 110, you're getting something, but uh, yeah, you're not getting this. Is, it just, it just smells smooth. And again, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's another one of those things that we approach with intent because we're, we're very aware that uh, an overwhelming alcohol aroma on the nose can be uh, 
a little astringent and, and can be a, a, a negative thing. So we, we pay very close attention to uh, the alcohol, both on the nose and on the palate as we put these blends together. I love how viscous it is. Like it's, it's yeah. not, it's not overly, it's not syrupy, but it's not, it's not watery. There's like a good velvety heft to it that, that lets you know you're drinking something that coats the palate, but it's not, it doesn't linger so long that it, it's overwhelming and it doesn't go so fast that you can't savor it. And you get, I mean, I get some like uh, non-traditional bourbon notes in here, like grapes, you know, like grapes and ginger kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, which is, you know, it's, and that is, it's just, it's, it separates it from a bourbon that will have a lot of the, like, like 33 that has a lot of the traditional, like, you know, baking spice and those notes, but. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get like a ginger spice on it, like a dried ginger spice to it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's completely unique. I've never had anything that I can, there's a lot of times when I try something, I can, I can almost point to something else and say like, Oh, well, you know, I've, I've tried this. It reminds me of this or it reminds me of that. I, I can pull flavor profiles out, but I don't think I've ever had anything that, that this reminds me of which is always a really good sign. I always love that uniqueness when you're, when you're able to try something and say like, Hey, this is something new. This isn't something that, that I can draw a parallel to. It's not often that that happens. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm very impressed with it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, thank you. It's, it's funny, you know, it's, it's also on the palate too. There's, there are pepper, you know, you get, you, you can get black pepper on bourbon, a lot of time. This is a different kind of pepper. We think it's Sichuan pepper. It's a very, it's different. It's a different, everything is different with this product. Anyway, yeah. but back to the, so the finish, remember I was mentioning the finish on 33. Um, this is, at least for me, it is, um, it, there's a lot on the back and you get a lot of flavor in your throat. You still have yeah. taste buds. And but th this is one that activates the, that those taste buds, I think. So it has a really long tail, but also you taste it more in more parts of your mouth <laughs> than in the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I definitely get that. This is this is one of those ones that, like, like I was saying, it feels like it coats the the whole palate. You know, like you you get it on the front end, you get it in the middle, and then you get it on the back end too, and it. And like I said, I, I feel like it's viscous enough that it gives you a nice, there's a nice linger to it, but it's not so viscous that it, it's overwhelming or it starts to saturate. There's, there's some whiskeys that they coat and, and the tail is so punchy that you almost, it's diminishing returns every time you try it. But this one, every time you try it, it kind of re-ups it just enough. And it doesn't, it doesn't thin out on the back there. It, it's, uh, this is kind of one of, one of my, the pours that I really enjoy is something that does exactly what this is doing, where you can drink it, you can enjoy it, you can savor it, but you can keep coming back to it and you can keep sampling it and keep trying it. And it, it doesn't fade so fast that you can't savor and it doesn't linger so long that you feel saturated with it. It's like 
just that sweet spot. It's just which, oily enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's just enough, and I think that that was that was beautifully executed. Thank you. Yeah, we 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 were really happy with this. Yeah. So talking about these and, and talking about where we're at now, one of the things that I want to touch on before we go is what what's coming down the pipeline. What is what do people who are fans have to have to expect or look forward to? Well, um, we are in a constant state of innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, and what's things that are being released now and the last month, it you know, it's hard to remember where we are in our in in the external world with our releases because we're already we're six months and a year out thinking of things and blending for three months and four months out. So what what is what will be out on the shelves now are more of the of our gray label and gold label products. So you're going to see those are coming up for the holidays. You'll see those. Um, we're also we're working on batch 34 uh, now. Our our new 34 and 35 our new year release, um, which is we do, we release it every year at the end of the year, and it's it's sort of one of those anything goes um, products. Um, it's a little bit different from the batch releases that we're we're finishing that up. That's going to be out shortly. Um, we're playing around with uh, a gray label infinite or infinite barrel project uh, is it looks like this and this is this is this is the one that we we started out with a few thousand gallons of whiskey that we blended and every time we bottled we replace it with different whiskey so and it's all driven by the by the bottling dates so you'll and you can look at our website and see what else in there we're going to continue to iterate that and we're playing around with a gray label release of this. If we can, and the note on that is if, if we get it to the point where it is, we believe that it is that good, that different and worthy of a gray label status, (laughs) then we'll, we'll release it. That's coming up. Um, We're, we're, we're pushing through more private release barrel finishes. We do those about a hundred at a whack um, of different, Finishes that we're innovating on, yeah, and it's, it's and it is fantastic as well. Thank you, and that that sort of, that also informs other products. So we watch what people like and how it how it ages and how it how it how it how it is after a period of time, and we'll combine that or use that for something different. So we have a built-in feedback mechanism in our in our product development cycle. So we're constantly looking and and this is a lot of good stuff coming up. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean that was that was excellent. There's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, uh, I'm excited for it. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be excited for it. I know a lot of the people in, in my local whiskey uh, community have really taken to barrel. Um, a lot of them have. When I do bottle shares, uh, almost every time a barrel bottle shows up, like clockwork. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that in our local area. It's had a big impact. So um I I mean I'm a fan. So I, this is this was kind of a a geek out moment for me was to be able to talk to you all, <laughs> get you all on the podcast. So I appreciate you uh you know Joe and Trip, I appreciate you guys spending time with us here um in the Whiskey Culture podcast. 
Thank you for having us. It was, it was a good way to spend the afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Awesome. And Chris, thank you as always for contributing. We appreciate you. And thank you all for listening to the Whiskey Culture Podcast, your wide window into the world of whiskey. Until next time, cheers.